Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. In our mission to preserve football history, we're going to take a little bit of time to preserve a little bit of tradition of the college football game and a nickname of one of the more prominent schools in Division I football, Penn State University. We have the story and more coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And in this episode, we're going to take just a moment and think about something and go into a little bit of detail on another origin of a team name of college football. And uh, a very interesting one today, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Now, the nickname of the Nittany Lions is unique in, in all of college athletics, and it only belongs to one school, Penn State University. Well, the question arises, though, what exactly is a Nittany Lion? Well, we did some research and dug up some rather interesting stories, and we'll share those with you in just a moment. But before we do that, let's make sure that we share this news with you. We have a daily newsletter. It comes out each and every day about 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and it tells you everything that's going on in the pig pit. That's everything that's going on in the Sports Jersey Dispatch. All of our posts and podcasts on pigskindispatch.com and orvilmulligansportswriter.com, as well as many items that are happening on the sportshistorynetwork.com. Now, it's very easy to sign up for. You can go to the show notes of this very podcast or at the top of pigskindispatch.com or jerseydispatch.com. Sign up as an email subscriber. We'd love to have you. Now, the Penn State Nittany Lions, they had a different mascot at the dawn of college athletics at the school. A live animal was not at the feline variety at all. It was a donkey named Old Coley. Now, before the jackass jokes start rolling in through our minds, let's examine this piece of history. According to Penn State online post, the beast of burden came from Kentucky to the State College campus in 1857 as part of a labor effort to build Old Main's structure, the main building there at Penn State, in tandem with its owner, Pearsall Lytle, and his laborious son, craftsman Andy Lytle. The Lytles charged Old Coley and a couple of his long-eared teammates. They were tasked with the dragging of heavy limestone blocks to the building site from a nearby quarry. The donkey's hard work did not go unnoticed by the school's brass because after the construction of the five-story building was completed in 1863, Penn State bought Coley for the hefty sum of $190 from the Lytles. Though the price appeared steep for the time, the investment in the animal paid off, as Coley was used on the grounds for three decades 
thereafter, helping workers in farm chores, landscaping, and agricultural missions at local farms. Macaulay was never officially adopted by the school's mascot, but the students held him in such high regard that his bones to this day have been preserved. And even, you know, in modern times, you can go and see them at various places on campus. And he is also mentioned on multiple plaques around the school grounds. Now back to how the current name came to be. The Nittany portion is relatively simple in explanation. The local geographical feature has a significant influence on it. Yes, Mount Nittany stands prominent in the Happy Valley area. And Nittany, believed to have been derived from a Native American name for the mountain, is speculated to mean something to the effect of one mountain. Now during the 1907 baseball season, the Big Cat theme idea came to the PSU sports lore per a story relayed on the Center County Historic Pages. The hardballers of the college traveled to East to play a tough Princeton team. And during their road excursion, one of the team's players, identified as third baseman Harrison Joe Mason, introduced the idea of a mountain cat. As the Penn State team toured the Princeton campus before the game, Joe Mason saw the references to the Princeton Tigers name. It must have got his wheels spinning because when confronted in some of the competitive pregame banner with Princeton players, Joe stated something to the effect that, if you think that Tiger's tough, then you never met a mountain lion that lives on old Mount Nittany. Now, Mason added that the big cat was never beaten in a fair fight, and neither would Penn State's baseball squad be this day. That day, Mason was right, as Penn State won the ball game over Princeton, and a little bit of a, a nickname was born. Mason later pitched the idea of the mountain lion to a school periodical, and eventually it took hold and was adopted as the college's official mascot. By 1914, a song called Nittany Lion was published by Jimmy Layden, and the first costume person in a lion outfit occurred in 1921. But for a decade or two, the appearance of what this big cat looked like was a little bit confusing. In 1924, a costume of an African lion with a full mane and everything was used. And that was not exactly what a North American mountain lion looks like. This maned representative was banned in 1927. Not because of the misinterpretation, but because of a superstition. Head football coach at the time, the legendary Hugo Bezdek, banned the costume from appearing on the sidelines of football games as he felt it contributed to some of the losses that his gritters suffered that season. No mascot appeared until 10 seasons after Bezdek left the program. In 1939, a proper-looking mountain lion costume, no mane included, was worn by a supporter, and one has appeared at all sporting events since. The symbol of the Nittany Lion in either a headshot image or a paw print is found across the nation where PSU supporters are. Additionally, every Penn State campus has its own Nittany Lion statue to salute the mascot's name and bring it pride. Now, we got a lot of great articles uh, that we went to as sources. And if you go to pigskindispatch.com to the front page today and look at the show notes, we have a link there to it. You'll see some of those great ones, uh, both from Penn State and from the Center County Historical Society uh, that have this great information preserved. And uh, we want to try to help them preserve this great football tradition and football history uh, by doing this podcast and our accompanying post 
on Pigskin Dispatch. And we hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you join us next time when we take another look at another different aspect of football history and its preservation <laughs> like we're trying to do. Till next time, everyone. Have a great gridiron day. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.